calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to Story Smack. Hello, my name is A. Kovacs, audiobook narrator and founding partner at Empty Set Entertainment. And my name is Scott Sigler, best-selling author, and I, I don't have any funny things to say about this. <laughs> I got no quotes, I got no nothing. I got nothing. Well, this is episode 24 of Story Smack, the podcast about stories and storytellers in the world of pop culture. It has been a while. The last episode we dropped was August Fourth for Last of the Mohicans. That's uh, that's a month ago, over a month ago. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, A. Kovacs, I hang out with you every day. Our listeners do not. Over a month since they heard from you, tell me, uh, tell me what's new. Tell me, okay, tell me a fun or interesting thing that is not related to the story business or our business. Oh, I have this. Okay. I have new contacts. Okay. Uh, Doesn't sound that interesting. I, I'll tell you a little bit more. Should I do that now? To tell yeah. you a little quick story? So sure. today, today I went to get contacts. I got my, I, I've been wearing glasses since I was a teenager. I uh, got my eyes checked in January. The My eye doctor I've had for years and years said, you know, you're really, truly on the very, very cusp of needing progressive lenses. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to let you decide how you feel about it. Have you been having trouble seeing? And of course, because I am vain, I was like, I don't need bifocals. I'm fine. And progressive lenses are so you can have one set of lenses. You look straight yeah. ahead. It's one prescription. You look down to read. It's another. Yeah. It's because okay. I'm in my 40s and that's how that works, right? <laughs> yep. And. I, I'm not even kidding. It must have been two weeks before I had to be doing that weird stretch my arm out all the way so okay. I could see the menu, that kind of thing. Yes. And uh, so finally today I gave up the ghost and I went back and said, okay, I need that. I need to have another exam. Mm -hmm. But he is smarter than I am. That's why he's the doctor. And he wrote the script for progressive lenses back then in January too. So all I had to do was have a fitting for all contact lenses. Right. This was super cool. Okay, I'm sure a million people Wait, out there. Wait, fitting for contact lenses. Yeah, that's why it's so interesting. Progressive contact lenses. Yeah, because uh, I'm sure there are a bunches of people out there who um, have. Uh, sorry, that was my phone. There are bunches of people out there who have um, progressive lenses. This will be boring, but I have never had them before today, and it's super interesting. So glasses work just like um, no one on the who is listening can see, but you did a progressive thing from top to bottom yes. with your with Straight your hand. Straight ahead is one prescription. Then when you sort of look down to read, it's... Okay. That's exactly how glasses work. But contacts right in the middle, right over your pupil mm. is where the reading prescription is. And then okay. in kind of a donut shape around that is where the distance vision prescription is. Oh. And your eye and brain adjust over a few days... So when you're wearing, so, so right now it's a little funky for me because there's a little, there's like fuzzy spots here and there. I see. But apparently. It maps it? In 72 hours, my brain gets used, about 72 hours, my brain will get used to this and just choose the right thing so for the distance. So it's a radial distance. prescription. Not unlike a glass lens, which is. Top to bottom. Fat, top to bottom. So I was going to ask, if you, put your, if you put your progressive contact lenses in upside down, do you explode? Like no, I think that's screens. why they do that. They do it sort of uh, radially, like you say. Crazy. Anyway, I thought, okay, well, I'm not even going to see that or whatever. And then I totally did. And then I've been having a little bit of trouble. But I find the science of that so fascinating because your brain just gets used to it. That is fascinating. I so like that. that was me. Yeah. What about you, future Dark Overlord? What's your one thing? You mean besides this con crud I caught at Dragon Con? Mm, <coughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm going to need a transplant over here very soon. All it's righty. terrible. Um, I've been reading the rereading the book Strunk and White. A, it's a style guide. It's uh -huh. over fifty years old. It is kind of a kind of staple in the writing industry. Sure. And when you and write the high school term paper industry, the high school term paper industry, yeah. And when you you write fast and loose with rules, like I'm a wild card. I'm fast and loose with the rules of writing. Yeah. You know, you're gonna ask for my badge and my gun pretty soon. Yeah, I know. Well, you're big. You you write real fast and loose with commas. 
commas. You prefer I, commas to pretty much every other I have my own set of rules. You know what? I'm a wild card. I have my own set of rules. Yeah. So every now and then I get a recommendation from an editor like, hey, why don't you reread this again? I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. I'll reread it. And I reread it and I pick up a couple of things every time. But this time I realized as I'm writing, like, okay, what is a wait, past parts, future participle? What the fuck is a gerund? Third person. What the fuck is a gerund? Basically, I said that three or four fucking times, Third right? Third person paprika. Yeah, so I said, you know what? I got to get a crash course. So I look for, I said, and I got the, I got the iPad like the, like the kids have because I'm right. hip. I'm hip. And with it. And with it. And very much with it. And I'm looking for something I can find. So I look for, I don't know, show me a grammar game. And what do I find? Our pal Grammar Girl, of course, has an app. Uh, Grammar Girl has uh, been a friend of the show forever. We've been a friend of her show. We've known mm-hmm. her from like way back, 2005. Like we all we started out together. We m- have known Mignon Fogarty since before she was Grammar Girl and before she was she doing was a Grammar. science podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So I'm like, inst- I'm like, what is it, $2.99? No questions. Bought it right out of the gate. And now I'm addictively playing a video game about grammar, which is exactly the same way I learned to type. And how is it? Uh, it's Well, it's super fun. I still can't tell you what a, a gerund is, but I'll get to it. You'll get to it. I'll get to it. So other than that, good to be back in the saddle on Story Smack again, future mm-hmm. Dark Overlord. Yeah? Yep. It's great. Uh, we, Why did we get behind? Well, we got behind because, now back to, to, to businessy type stuff, uh, we, I've been working on finishing up the first draft of GFL Book 6. So that is what I have been doing. Sure. And uh, we have submitted that. Edit, the, the copy editors are, re- or the editors are reading that now. Editor... Continuity editor and storyline editor. We have three editors going over it right now. Right now, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I don't think we have a publication. We do date. not. We do not. Uh, um, what else did we do? We went off well, to Dragon we, Dragon Con. Con took up a ton of time, and we also got to go to Oregon for a wonderful, the wonderful, wonderful full eclipse. It was super cool. Um, so between Dragon Con and Eclipse and GFL six, we've just been too busy to talk smack about stories. Oh, I have to say though, Oregon, oh, it's just. I, my heart just breaks. The, the fires, the wildfires. Yeah, the, I mean, it's, this is a crazy, crazy time for the U.S. right now. It's yeah. wildfires in Oregon, wildfires what in Montana and Wyoming. Yep. I think <clears throat> Hurricane Irma about to touch down. Probably Hurricane tomorrow. Irma is a beast. Hurricane Irma is yeah. a beast. Have you seen the the guys? Google this. Look for the comparison of Hurricane Andrew, which I hit think hit ninety two compared, mm-hmm. which just messed up Florida compared yeah. to Hurricane. Uh, Irma and it's uh, Hurricane Andrew looks like a little tiny pimple. Yeah, and I, you know, it's it's interesting because they're saying that Irma is the biggest since they've been recording it, the biggest in the Atlantic Basin. There, yeah, it's the it's the Andre the Giant of hurricanes. It is, and and it comes just a few weeks after Harvey, which was so devastating. It's it's very. Uh, I do want to say just quickly, and this is we don't get any promo for this, even though they're one of our sponsors. But I want to let anybody who's listening to this know that uh, Audible, if you are an Audible subscriber in Houston, yes, yes, they just sent us an email today because we are producers. You know, we put out our stuff with Audible that they are waiving the registration fee for the next three months for anybody who lives whose address is in Houston. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, they'll be without so much of their stuff and probably all their paper books and all that other stuff. People have lost yeah. everything. And this way they can go to even the mall to an Apple store once that's back up and running. Get, and some, get some stuff to download. escape. Yeah, escape I think that's such a nice thing Audible to do. is so straight, straight fireballer. As my nephew would say, D1 bound. D1 bound. They are Absolutely. D1 bound. They're a great company. We work, they're a big partner of ours. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's wonderful because it's, it's hard times for a lot of people right now. It is. It is. Uh, but weird. Time, okay. But let's move on to the fun stuff. Just okay. like get Audible okay. helping do that. Uh, to make up for our long absence, we've decided to add uh, giving away some stories. Sweet. Yeah. Yes. We have, um, we'll give away paperbacks this week. One uh, of Injection Burn by Jason Huff. Uh, which is book one of the Dire Earth Cycle. Okay. And the hardcover for Now I Rise by Kristen White, the sequel to her novel, And I Darken. Yeah, and I haven't read Kristen's first novel in that series. But, I haven't uh, either. I, but I have read Jason Huff, and he's great. And, and we know him, and he's great. We do great. know him. We do. He is, speak of wild cards. Holy crap. Get a couple of vodkas in this guy, and it's just, <laughs> he's out of control. I don't think he does. This one time, he stole a fire truck. That's none of that is true. I'm telling none you. None of that. I believe you. it could be true of him, Jason but I don't Hoff, think Jason Hoff is an animal. He's wild. I, I don't I believe these are <clears throat> things you've never seen with your own eyes. <laughs> but to win these things, you guys, what you want to do is you want to share this episode's page, which is located at scottsigler.com slash podcast slash warlock. Uh, warlock, W-A-R-L-O-C-K, which is the movie we're reviewing today. Uh, I want you to share it to Facebook. If you're not a Facebook user, 
too bad, we'll get you on another giveaway. This is purely a Facebook giveaway. So share that page, scottsigler.com slash podcast slash warlock. Share it to Facebook and use the hashtag, hashtag story smack, one word, and then we will comb through the Facebooks, dodging Russians as we go, and we will pick a winner for those books by Friday, September 15th. And we're going to do one winner for each book. So you got double the chances. And I will let everybody who's listening know right now that that is open to anyone, wherever you are in the world listening. We Once they're our books and it's our postage, we don't care. We'll ship it to you no matter where you are. Yeah. Oh, we care. I mean, trust me, if we ship to Australia, you're going to hear a lot of whining and moaning. We do not. Oh my gosh. Know. Do you have any idea what this costs us to say? But that's all right. We don't mind as long as you have your stories. We don't mind. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of times people complain and rightfully so because contests are only open to certain countries. That's because we don't control those books and we don't control that shipping. But in this case, we do. The books were donated by Random House and we're going to ship them wherever they go. I won't go so far as say I am a global citizen, but I am a United States citizen who's part of a global community. Okie doke. So now back to the subject of warlocks. Yes. Oh my goodness. Let's talk about this. Not so good, but maybe so bad. It's good. What are you talking about? 1989 cult classic called Warlock. Woman, you have crossed the line. This film is genius. Warlock is genius. And how exactly do you define genius in this instance? The same way Einstein did and Plato did by uh, unironic mullets. And this, how (laughs) else would you define genius? Uh, You know, I'm going to think about that for a minute, but I will say unironic mullets. This movie has quite a lot of. I will give you that. Warlock stars Julian Sands as the titular character, Laurie Singer of Footloose and the man with one red shoe fame. Yeah, that's right. As the plucky young woman pulled into a magical showdown she did not expect. And Richard E. Grant, who recently was Dr. Rice in Logan, yes. as the witch hunter uh, brought out to hunt down and bring down Julian Sands' character. Uh, you guys got to go check out Richard E. Grant on IMDb. It's just this dude it works mm-hmm. all the time you wouldn't think but he is a he is he's working probably i mean all the time constantly and if you look at his filmography i think um there's a few people like this he's one um the guy who plays gaius uh julian something who played gaius baltar baltar mm-hmm. um is another one there's this endless Oh geez, I remember him. Oh gee, I remember him in that. Yeah. I remember like yeah. you look down his filmography and you're like, oh, oh geez, oh geez, oh geez, over and over. But he's great. And it's he- probably it's probably one of those cool, I mean, work in show business, probably making a real good living if you're doing that many movies. A lot of people recognize you, but you're not a superstar. So you, you probably go to the grocery mm-hmm. store, you can go to the you can go to restaurants, you know, you don't get bothered all the time. I think it's just awesome that people. Well, have I think these that careers. might be true in the US of Richard Grant, oh. but I don't think that's true in the UK. You mean there's more places than the US? And I think that, you know, it's the same thing. Well, I don't think Kenneth Bronner or Emma Thompson would really do all that well wandering around New no, York or LA too here. Huge. But they, there was a time when they could do that when they were starring in movies with Richard E. Grant, probably. I see. Um, but I think Richard E. Grant is that kind of star, like a Bill Knighty kind of star. But speaking of our Richard E. Grant and all these people, Warlock is is somehow it has stood the test of time, despite having special effects that are bad even by 1989 standards. Uh, this is a a delicious, delicious slice of cheese. This movie, and everybody likes cheese. Oh Lord, is this the part where you somehow segue? I don't know the word cheese into telling me that you have a list of things I did not know about Warlock. I wish that was true. Sadly, while being a cult movie that a lot of people remember, this flick is not cult enough to have a list of things you did not know that I could easily rip off the internet and claim to be my own. Damn it. Oh, Damn it. I mean, I am shocked, FDO. I am totally, and also saddened and also quite <laughs> surprised, but mostly relieved. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, why don't you give us the synopsis of this <clears throat> film? Okay. And fortunately, with my concred, serious the film. film, film, with my concred, this will be all right. It's actually helpful. In Boston of 1691, a warlock is sentenced to death but escapes magically into the future, which is our present, followed doggedly by the witch hunter. There, he is searching for the three parts of the devil's Bible, trailed by the witch hunter and the woman whose house he landed in. They must stop him, as the book contains the true name of God, which he can use to uncreate the world. And the true name of God is Feathered Mullet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that is not true. 
I mean, it should, it should be really true. should be true, but it is not true. It could explain why there were all the mullets in the 80s. Well, no, uh, they well, were very religious a, people. Yeah, we're already past the part where anything <laughs> is explainable about Warlock. I'm not going to lie. But there are true facts. And okay, some of those facts. true facts are that Warlock was directed by Steve Miner, mm-hmm. who directed some other horror films you might like. Actually good. Oh, wow. Classics, what did he including do? Friday the 13th, parts two and three. Those were decent ones. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Also di- directed, I'm not sure it's a horror, f- maybe some people think it's a horror show, uh, several episodes of The Wonder Years. Oh, Fred Savage scares the shit out of me. <laughs> he makes me crap my pants. Uh, I don't know what it is about Lake Placid. Uh, Lake Placid, yeah, yes. Which is great. And yep. the Mel Gibson movie from way back when, Forever Young, which is kind of creepy. I also have some true facts about the screenplay writer. Since I am the writer, I try to focus upon these things. Mm-hmm. This blew me away, right? Because you watch this and it is such a cheese fest. It is so bad in so many ways, Warlock. And then you read about who wrote the goddamn thing, written by David Tui, who Do I pronounce that right? David yeah, Tui, Tui. Who also wrote G.I. Jane, mm-hmm. Waterworld, and he co-wrote the 1993 remake of The Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Well, and that's what makes his bones. The Fugitive is the... Yeah, I it's, mean, it's, it's so pitch perfect as a thriller, moving, dark, ugly... I don't mean emotionally moving. I mean physically moving, oh, dark... Killer. Yeah, it's, it's a killer great, 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 but great it gets script. even better. It gets even better. Because we are... You know, I write, science, I write the science fictions. Uh, he also wrote and directed... Wrote and directed The Chronicles of Riddick. Pitch Black and The Arrival. So, so he, he's in tight with Vin Diesel. He's is what you're saying. super tight with Vin Diesel. He's deep into the world of speculative fiction, um, which those are a couple awesome sci-fi flicks. Pitch Black is, I mean, it's not a huge budget. They do a great job with limited sets. They write into, there's some big, big budgets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's big budget sequences in there, but overall they get to go out to a desert and shoot it and save a ton of money. And I'll say this. I think that, I say this always about Pitch Black, and I say it about early Keanu Reeves movies, too. Mm -hmm. These two actors, Vin Diesel and Keanu Reeves, they get a lot. Sometimes they get a lot of guff and a lot of flack about being mediocre or not not deep or whatever. And I personally think that that's misplaced to judgment, right? I I, You know, I have that my go-to when I watch a movie is like, that is a better movie than I've ever acted in. That is a better movie than I've ever directed. So I'm not going to be that judgmental. Although I might reserve my judgment for Warlock. We'll see. Um, <laughs> okay. But I actually think what it is about Vin Diesel and and also Keanu Reeves, this this dance true for, is when they pick their scripts for their skill set, they are unstoppable. Yeah. And Pitch Black is one of those movies, as oh. is The Fast and the Furious. Vin Diesel understands where he can sell. And it isn't the only thing he can do or understand. He understands his marketplace and he sells to it really well. He knows well. what he's good at. And he knows he knows what people think he's good at. Yes. And Keanu Reeves does the same thing. And sometimes they break away. Keanu Reeves made a Hamlet, which some people didn't embrace. And I feel like nobody gets to be a, stays around as a big enough star doing consistent work. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Vin Diesel or Keanu Reeves, unless they're good at their job and they're good at knowing their marketplace. So I don't really like all the guff. I agree yeah. that, you know, not everybody is an Olivier well, or you whatever. Get, you get but... some people. You get, of course, you get the internet know-it-alls and the people who think they know more than everybody else who love to look down on Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is He's super in charge hard-working. of a multi-billion dollar franchise at this point, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious is, I think, possibly next to Star I mean. I didn't look this up, but next to Star Wars, it's way up there. It's the biggest movie franchise ever. It's really? huge. It's huge. Huh. It's massive. So you guys can look that up yourself, see the value of the entire Fast and Furious series. They know he know and they know exact you you've hit it on the head. Those movies are ludicrous. And people eat them up like popcorn because they know what people want to go to the movies to see. They yeah, know what their they, audience wants to exactly see. Exactly right. And that's the thing. Like you and I can't even if anybody out there has has seen the whole franchise for The Fast and the Furious and saw eight, which ends uh, after Paul Walker, the actor, dies, I, what, I, we can't not even talk about this. I was just we're about to say, about we can't even talk about it. Can't do it. So that is totally unrealistic, is totally popcorn, is totally what people would call popcorn cheese. And it is so moving because you just go along for the ride, right? You don't actually yes. think that Paul Walker was that guy or Vin Diesel is that guy or The Rock is that guy, but you don't care. You're like, you know what? I'm with you guys. I'm oh. with you. Let's go. All right. So we're enough talking about the movies that make me cry. Um, <laughs> back to Warlock. What we reviewed was the digitally restored DVD from Vestron Video, who was kind enough to send it to us. That is part of a three-disc, three-film Warlock collection, which is available now. It's uh, The package is really, they did a really good job putting this thing together. 
I don't think we'll be doing any smack talking about Warlock the Armageddon, which is number two, and Warlock three, The End of Innocence. Thankfully. <laughs> we're going to we're going gonna to stick stick to Warlock. I'm sensing a lot of sass coming from the other side of the broadcasting table about this gem of the 80s. All right, A to the K, shall we go to the movie? Let's go about our notes about the movie. Yeah, and I will say, I yes, there may be a little bit of smack talk from this side of the table. I am also the story smacker who, every time we watch a movie, I'm like, you know what? They're one of my favorite movies. Like, every time. Yeah, we're, every we're single fanboy, time. Fanboys and fangirls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I will admit... This is a movie I think is so bad it's good, um, but but I will also admit to it being just barely so bad. It's good. I mean, just barely passing under the wire. Yeah, but, you know, you start out hopeful, and oh, this is fun. This is fun. Oh, this is terrible. This is very bad. This is oh my goodness. Oh my god. Okay. Well, this is kind of troll hunter. This is a pretty bad. This is dead snow. This is ba- okay. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they set out to make it as cheap. Like dead no, snow. Dead think- snow. My favorite Nazi zombie movie. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Dead my favorite Spoke 2. One. Dead Spoke 2 not, does not match up to the first one. Um, but like they knew they were making a ludicrous movie, and they embraced it in the genre. I don't think the Warlock team was out to make a, a crazy, silly movie. No, I don't think so either. But I don't think they were... I don't think that they hi- like they might have been. I'm not. I have no idea. They, maybe they had a skeleton crew. Maybe they lost some of their budget halfway through. But there are things that movie makers just don't do. Yeah. That especially yeah. movie makers who ca- who who have a cast like Julian Sands and Laurie Singer yeah. and Richard E. Grant. They don't do things like we're gonna. T- some of the things I felt like, we're like talk about. I felt like almost like about seventy five percent of the way through the movie. Um, mom called from down the street and half the crew had to sadly go home for dinner. They were super mad, but they had to go home for dinner and the rest of the kids had to finish the movie themselves. We only have it until we can't, we have to turn it in tomorrow, guys. Come on. All right. So my, starting out the movie, I am currently fascinated by movies, how long a movie will go without dialogue. And this movie, like Predator, like where you watch movies Uh and just go, how long does it go before dialogue? Is the credits rolling? The dramatic music's playing. And it's usually dudes walking around in one way or another. This did not disappoint. Reservoir dogs. Yeah, this did not disappoint. We had four minutes and 24 seconds before anybody talks. And this time we get bearded old dudes in capes dramatically walking around. Yeah, well, yeah. Yes, not superhero In the 1600s. 1600s, 1600s. Um, And Julian Sands has been caught. Now, shockingly, they made two sequels to Warlock when they should have made a prequel because he's captured as we get, we open up the movie and he's captured. That's a good so point. they could have done a prequel where he gets captured with Richard E. Grant. Would have been, see, this is why I belong in Hollywood right there. To be fair, we have no idea if that's what the sequels are about. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. But it's seven minutes and 17 seconds. Uh, well, you got, you got Julian Sands, the warlock, mm. who's all chained up in well, some no, kind no. of crazy yoga position. Oh, what do we got? He's not chained up. He's not? If you're going to catch the warlock, who is trying to unmake reality, not ruin the world, not crash down heaven. Okay. Unmake reality. What a dick. All you got to do is get him in thumb and toe screws. That's why he's doing that crazy oh. yoga because the weapon that they are using against him are like handcuffs, but piece of it goes on your thumb and the other piece of it goes on your toes. So you have to stay bent over Ugh. and that will apparently prevent oh, clearly someone it, from unmaking it reality. bends his chi and negates his power. I said, this okay. is science, man. I know okay. this is totally science. That's not science. And then at seven minutes, 17 seconds of the movie, there's a big storm, which of course you have to have a big storm. And Sans does a crazy spinny, you know, monk, a super powered monk thing. And warlock he, thing. Warlock thing. And then he travels through time and space to wind up in modern day LA. Yes. So it goes from Boston, 1600s, to L.A., 1989. Well, you know, time, timey-wimey kind of. Timey-wibbly-wobbly. Yeah, yeah. This is why I'm not a big Doctor Who fan, because that shit sounds perfectly normal. And then we wind up with Laurie Singer. Oh, my God. Spectacular 80s outfit. Spectacular 80s hair. <laughs> spectacularly terrible 80s hair and fashion. And also, lingo. Yes. There's a lot of mans. <laughs> A lot of those. I'm not sure if Lori Singer is supposed to be like stoner chick in this. I, she party is some, girl. Yeah, she's some kind of recovering. Like she's staying with the dude she's staying with and they're not together. He's okay. just helping her get back on her feet. So there's some version of like, yeah, maybe she's a club kid or something that is getting back. Uh, that's why right. she has that right. crappy job and everything. Well, if you guys are if you're children of the 80s, you will appreciate that scene. And then things speed up quite a bit. 14 minutes in, uh, Julian Sands gets his first kill. The roommate. The roommate. Rips yeah, the well, guy's tongue out. Mm-hmm. Cooks it. Cooks it. That's, you know. Steals his ring. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it, I'm not going to say it looked delicious, but I'm not going to say it didn't look delicious either. Well, I am going to say it didn't look real. <laughs> there is that. It did not look real. Uh, then I think guys, we're just going to, we're going to fly through this because if you've watched it, you did Yeah. It. And we can't even say that much about it because for me, like all oh, my notes. Is it too are, late for a spoiler alert? Well, Sure. I mean, it is 20 to almost 30 years old, this movie. Yeah. Well, and it's Warlock. And it's Warlock. So, so we're doing you guys a favor by spoiling the shit out of this movie for you. It's worth watching, though. What were you going to say? I was going to say all of my notes are some variation on, oh, my God, the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, Lori Singer with the terrible driving and who puts on makeup and honks and drives. Oh, my God. <laughs> I literally, that is. Who oh, puts, my God. Who puts on makeup and honks and drives? Oh, is my one God, of my Becky. Things. Who puts yeah. on makeup and honks and drives? And then at 19 minutes, we get our second kill. I did appreciate seeing a fortune teller get exposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, side note, the comedy club here in San Diego just sent me an email for a medium who's coming and going to use their place. Mm. So now, I guess times are tough in comedy. Now you have to have medium charlatan bullshitters coming into town. And I, trying to I would go for money. an extra large or a small, but I'm not in for a medium. <sighs> Uh, the, uh, and I've got some, uh, I, there's some budget notes about this where the medium dies. He, Julian Sand takes her eyes. So the eyes, you can hold them in her hand. They can walk around. Oh, so we should spoil some more okay. and say he goes to a medium to contact Beelzebub or whoever. Yeah. And she fakes it and says, oh, I am Ezekiel is here with me. And he said, and he says nothing at all. And he actually does a great job here. Uh, he just sits there and she's like, <laughs> uh, can I? Are you like she doesn't know what to say? And he says, Oh, I'm just waiting for him to show up. Uh, yeah, it's pretty dope. And then her head hits the table, which is perfect for the switch to the to the effects makeup. Yes. And then she lifts up her head and she yep. looks sort of like a werewolf and she's got creepy the evil eyes. De- very evil deadish. Yeah. Yep. And then whoever the 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 Beelzebub tells him, take her, take the medium's eyes because and she will lead you. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Of course. However, in the original script, they had to cut this for budget. Guess where those eyes were supposed to be? Don't know. Her titties. Are you supposed to take her titties? No, her eye, the eyes were supposed to be in her titties. Oh. 
And How then, did you get me to say titties on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Because I am also the one. <laughs> well, or a medium. <laughs> so basically, this movie is exactly the same plot as Terminator. When you think about it. Then they're, they're spouting off some Latin. So it's kind of like Harry Potter meets the Terminator with magic. I mean, it. I am going to stop here and let our audience know that you are overselling this by comparing <laughs> it to Terminator I and Harry plot. Potter. I said same plot. I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying it's the same plot. I think you shouldn't say Warlock and Oh, I see. And Terminator. Is it is it verboten? And Harry Potter is in verboten? the same sentence. You should say like Troll Hunter. You could say that. I don't know why you're so down on Troll Hunter. It's so bad it's good. Troll Hunter's got some dope shit in it. We covered so tro- we, we cover Troll Hunter in this? No. The Swedish Troll Hunter, right? Yeah. Oh my God, he's crazy. I love that movie. We have to do Troll Hunter. Anyways, there's one reason. There's Okay, there's two reasons to watch this movie. Number one, awesome mullet. Richard E. Grant's mullet's amazing. Number there's two, Richard E. Grant drops the phrase, they're in a hurry. He has to get Laurie Singer away from danger. And what does he say to her? Come with me if you want to live. Let's tarry not. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have uh, been bigger. Had, had uh, uh, Tarry not. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, then we get to what's possibly the best part of the horrible special effects, which is Lori Singer being made up to look like she's 40 and then 50 and then 60. Lori Singer does not look 40 and then 50 and then 60. Yeah, so quick plot note. What happens is the warlock <laughs> takes an artifact of hers, takes a charm bracelet oh, that's right. uh, from her. And the charm bracelet, he puts a hex on her because he's he's possessing something of hers. And that allows him to put a hex where she ages 20 years every day. Yeah. Which is a time lock, right? So smart. You need a time lock. Time she needs to and she, and Richard E. Grant needs her to help find the warlock because he doesn't know how to drive or use a phone or fly as comes in, yes. in later in the movie. Yes. So that's a smart plot device because now Lori has to stay with him and is super I don't know what her character's name is, but is super invested in solving the problem of the warlock. And she's been honest this whole time. She's literally solving the problem of getting her bracelet back. So yeah. That she can reverse because she's 20 and super crabby about the fact that she's aging every day another She's crabby. Years. She's crabby. Yeah, but it's a smart, it's a smart device. So um now, ma'am, I have to come back and uh, so watch the movie to see Lori Singer's makeup. It's it's unreal. Again with the Harry Potter. I'm sorry to say this, but then Julian Sands. Let me tell you why it's like Harry Potter. There's a flying potion, which is great. That's very Harry Pottery to have a potion that does something. There are broomsticks. Also, Harry Potterish. Number three, preteen boys. Preteen boys in danger. I, this is a real stretch because the potion is made out of the fat of a virgin young an, an boy. Un, what's that? An unbaptized boy. An unbaptized virgin young. Which is exactly what Harry Potter was. I mean, exactly. it never matters. It never so matters this, that he is. Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling ripped off Warlock. It's obvious. Anybody can see it. I mean, it's no, obvious. None of this is true. She has gone on to become a billionaire Have while you, the people who made we, Warlock died penniless and insane. One, I don't think they're dead. Two, I'm pretty sure they're not insane. And three, have you seen the Warlock we're talking about? I have. I have. And when I when I meet with uh, J.K., <laughs> I will have words with her on this regard. Um, 44 minutes in, you guys have to watch for yourself. FX that might have been good then. It's also, the, to be fair... They were bad effects for 1989, and I saw every movie that had effects in 1989 oh, sure. four or five times because it was all there was to do where I grew up was go to the theater. Uh, they weren't good then, and now, of course, 30 years later, they're just, they're abysmal. Right. <clears throat> then we get to, uh, here you go. This is interesting. I did not rip it off like J.K. Rowling did. Okay. But I was influenced by Warlock. Oh, would you Would you like to know more? I guess so. What? What? Tell me at least one thing I did not know about. Let me Warlock. tell you one thing you did not know about Warlock and Scott Sigler. The scene when the Amish dude paints a symbol on the barn, and Richard E. Grant and Laurie Singer are driving by, and like, stop here, stop here. This is it. That's my horrible Richard E. Grant impression. And they go in, and I'm like, that's really cool. Like a sign painted somewhere could have a meaning that most people wouldn't understand. But some people do. Always stuck in my head. Always want to do something with it. Then I read later on about um, te- gang task force analysts mm-hmm. and people whose job it is in law enforcement to go study graffiti uh, and un- be able to understand. This means that. Here's a database of what these things. This is actually. This means this guy killed this guy. And this gang is moving in here. It's a very right. intricate hoboish language. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Like it, it's also hobo it's also language. the hobo yeah. language. Also, but I got that, and I saw that, and those two things came together. Nocturnal, when we have all of the secret mm-hmm. nocturnal symbols, mm-hmm. protection so, symbols. Yes. Stuff, so yeah. this movie that I have disparaged the whole time we've been talking about this had a direct influence on one of my favorite books I've written, Nocturnal. So 
there is right around that same scene um, that that <clears throat> this is sort of the first or that the uh, maybe the climax of the second act maybe mm-hmm. where they they are in the Midwest somewhere and they yep. connect with at this Amish dude's house who somehow understands about 16th century warlocks and Mennonites, even though Mennonites are whatever. Wouldn't have Amish or Mennonites yeah. didn't exist when but Sands went away. Um, but <laughs> this is my absolute favorite part of the movie okay. because okay. there is a battle after, after the warlock has acquired <laughs> you, the ability to, to fly. Make, you have to make air quotes. A battle. Yeah. It's so, so bad. The warlock acquires the ability to fly okay. by boiling the fat of the young kid. Okay. And then Richard E. Grant knows what's coming, but also knows how to use, there's a weather vane on the, on the, the, um, on the barn that he's, and blesses. Incredibly aerodynamic weather vane. And not terribly heavy because he can pitch it. Little Richard E. Grant can pitch that all the way across the Which they, which they ripped off in Game of Thrones when the Ice King kills a dragon. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, (laughs) there is, so he, so the warlock is flying and the monk throws, or the witch hunter throws the weather vane yep. and connects with him and the warlock hits the ground. Yep. And when he does, you can see the Peter Pan rig that he's been flying around harness. with. You, you can, can see, see the entire harness. harness. It's absolutely fantastic. And I was like, what? No. And that even- has to be some kind of like a weapon or something attached <laughs> to him. Nope. It's the Peter Pan and there's harness. there's even a moment, like they hold the scene too long. You can actually see the harness and you can see Julian Sands holding his moment, right? <laughs> he's belly down on the ground and you can see him like, don't move till they say cut. Don't move yep, till they say yep, cut. Yep. Don't move till they say cut. So he, can't, he can't move because he's held by a harness. Yeah. Also, another movie that completely ripped off Warlock, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I really think you're missing all you're, the you're high wire stuff. You're not talking about... Ha, ha, Crouching actually, Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which won an Academy Award, completely ripped off Warlock, while the makers of Warlock die penniless and insane of syphilis in a mental institution in Des Moines. It's Also terrible. on the street, in, this, in the gutter. Well, there's some gutters in there, I'm sure. I but don't I'm think telling any you, of that, so is, that is true. Is, and and that, I think you're disparaging Des Moines when you really should be disparaging Warlock. And then 55 minutes in, a second completely ludicrous fight scene, which I I don't often have tears in my eyes when I watch a movie, except, uh, you know, Fast and the Furious and Paul Walker. Yeah. Take, when Paul Walker splits off and drives away, Oy. ball, I cry every time. I was crying. I was laughing so hard at this one, I was crying because the fight scene is... So unbelievably bad. Like you can almost, you can almost see the moment the guys making the movie are just like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Like we this got is, paid anyway. We got paid. You know what, guys? Let's just finish it up. Mom's calling for dinner. Let's just finish this damn thing up. I actually wonder. And again, I will say without reservation okay. uh, that this is, of course, better than every movie I've ever made or had a chance to make. Like it's, I am not a movie maker. That said, I honestly think if at some point they were like, okay. How can we get this done and out so mm-hmm. we all get paid? Mm-hmm. Or how can we get this done? Let's go. Okay, September. Let's. Can we shoot until October so we get paid another month and we can make another <laughs> mortgage payment? Like it's got to be. They were like, whatever. Catch as catch can. Let's make this happen. We have that Peter Pan rig. Anybody got a weather vane? Let's go. Yes. Yes. It was. It's not okay. So then they move from the Midwest and they end up in Boston. And it's and and again, bringing the plot back around. What they are doing is chasing the warlock because the warlock is doing his best to put together the three pieces of the quote unquote devil's Bible yep. that have been scattered to the winds. Yes. And one of them was in L.A. and one of them in the house he landed in because he is drawn <laughs> to the Bible. OK, I'm, I'm, that's OK. I'm OK with that. Well, but we have no idea why he's drawn to the Bible. We just know that he's drawn to the Bible. Right. <clears throat> um, because he talks to Beelzebub or whatever through the medium, but that yes. happens after he lands in the house where the Bible, the piece okay, of the Bible That's exists. okay. I'm still good with that. Okay. Uh, and then he goes to the Midwest. He, the Bible calls him to this other place, which is the uh, the, the Amish dude's house right. uh, and barn, and then goes to Boston to get the last piece. Yep. And when, and they, all three of them, Laurie Singer, the witch hunter, and the warlock all know what they're doing. And now they're moved on to... Um, Boston and they, okay. Lori Singer and the and Richard E. Grant fly on Richard, a plane. On a plane, yeah. And Richard E. Grant is like wants to bring his crazy ass big crossbow thing and uh, the weather vane. Wants to bring the weather. Oh, that's right. It's the weather vane. Bring the weather vane yes, to the does. airport. It's because it's blessed or something. Right? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he does that, and Lori Singer is like, "Oh no, no, you don't." And this is the '80s, so it's not the same TSA yeah. requirements as today. But she's like, "Ah, yeah, you can't do that," and. um and then she sees the warlock in the airport 
She's like, okay, whatever. And they somehow get on the plane with a giant ass weather she vane. She distracts him from, she won't let him, he's got the weather vane in his hands. The warlock is there and she tells him, she doesn't let him see the warlock. Yeah. And yeah. It's well, like, that's a big plot hole. It's a big well, plot hole. There's another huge plot hole. I mean, huge. We, we are talking Massive. about sort of a, like a Swiss cheese there plot. Is a, like, there is so. a huge, a huge plot hole. There are very many plot holes. Let me get to the final plot hole. And then well, let, I got to finish this point <laughs> okay, about okay. the plane. So Can they me. get on the plane. And I think this is for such a, a, a terribly executed plot. The plot <laughs> devices work really well. Okay. This is another one. These are the two that I love. I love the first one with it. But then this one, um, they, there are signs that a warlock or a witch is present, that a witch hunter can read. And one is that mm-hmm. the air around you gets gets cold mm-hmm. and visibly like that you can see somebody exhaling i'm listening and milk curdles uh-huh. and there's one other one i can't remember what it is right at the moment but anyway there are several signs that are visible to an outside objective viewer mm-hmm. and richard e grant sees them happen in the cabin on the plane and, okay. and immediately is like we are not fucking around this is the warlock is here i don't know how this plane works i don't know what this magic is but he's here and they go up and down the aisles and they look in the bathrooms they look everywhere mm-hmm. And the warlock is in the cargo hold, yes. which is super clever because Richard E. Grant won't even know there's a cargo hold. Oh, well. And Lori Singer well. won't even think twice about a, hu- a person being in the cargo hold. So it actually <clears throat> works really, really well to get the warlock and them to Boston at exactly the same moment going for exactly the same thing. All right. I'll give you that one. I will give you that one. Uh, now we'll get to the giant plot hole at the end. Okay. Which is they realize that the final piece of the devil's Bible, which is the name of my new band, by the way, Mm -hmm. the final piece of the devil's Bible is buried with Richard E. Grant in his coffin. Yeah. Except when Julian Sands vanishes from 1690, Grant follows him. So there's no body to bury. Mm. Mm. You always have this problem with time travel. Yeah. Well, time because time travel is the crutch of weak writers. It absolutely is. Well, and, right, or or is the fantastical piece of someone's mind. Like I like that it is. If you consider it fantastical and supernatural, you can do. If you do it though, you have. I feel you're obligated to do it and have it make sense. Little things, you know, like loop the end of Looper, or no, the Looper, the, the scene of the guy's crawling up the fence with a full hand, and then all of a sudden he doesn't have a full hand. He's looking at like it's he's surprised he's missing fingers. You're like he would have no. That's not how. That's not any. That's not how this works. But that's have not you ever this works. seen it work? Not oh, Time Cop. No, Time Cop, best time travel movie ever. I just made that up. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's, so. it, there's always a flaw because it is impractically in. It is. Un, you are unable to make it a practical realism in what the about, world that what works about, with these physics. Who played Superman? The original Superman. George Reeves? No, the second Superman. Christopher Reeves? Christopher Reeves. Were they both named Reeves? They were. Get the fuck out of here. Were they father and son? No. That would have been awesome. Um, it, Christopher Reeves, Somewhere in Time. Somewhere in Time. Somewhere in Time is, somewhere in time so... is a rushing heartbreaker of a movie. And is so bad tra- time travel-wise. But <laughs> you're right. It works, right? So when you tell the story and you don't focus on those little pieces as a... Like, it's important. That's important. You can't have such a big plot point like the body of Richard E. Grant that doesn't there's exist. There's no body. Yeah. And there's no explanation for like a, a separate timeline like in Back to the Future where they create multiple, they essentially create the multiverse <clears throat> where there are multiple versions. Yes. That would also work because you could bury a different version of him, but they don't do that in this movie. And it matters because eventually uh, Richard E. Grant, oh, so I guess we're going to talk about the rest of it. So Richard E. Grant, uh, oh, my favorite, my favorite, favorite shitty thing about this movie. Yes, hit me. The Devil's Bible. Uh-huh. That Julian Sands has been chasing his entire time, yes. at least since 1691, uh-huh. that is going to unmake reality. Yeah. It's printed on eight and a half by 11 <laughs> copy paper. Just plain old white, white copy paper. <laughs> Not even like that old trick where you where you soak it in coffee and cut the edges and then yeah. burn them a little bit. Burn them a little bit. None Make of that. Old. It's just straight up copy paper. <laughs> Straight up copy paper. <laughs> okay. okay. But anyway, so Richard E. Grant's body, and then and there's this whole thing about oh it being God. on sacred ground, and yeah. the warlock can't go on sacred ground, but then they move the cemetery. So it oh, Poltergeist also... Oh no, it Poltergeist ripped, off, ripped this movie off. No, I think it ripped off Poltergeist. When was Poltergeist? 84? 80, yeah, okay. Was, all right. Yeah. All right. I give it to you that warlock ripped this yeah. off. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway... They only moved the gravestones. <laughs> So they do this, and then what did we find out? That saw at some point we you learn that the warlock can't 
can't deal with salt. And yeah. yeah. Oh, we missed the most. And this will tie the whole thing together. We've okay. been, we've been crab asking about it. Together. Tie um, together. We find out early on in the movie when we first meet Lori Singer that she is diabetic. And so she carries syringes with her because yes. she has to give herself insulin. And she's in the cemetery at the end of the movie in Boston. And yeah. she falls into whatever salt water river might be there. By the, <laughs> which I don't think really exists. And, I don't uh, remember how she got salt water. Because she falls, syringes. she gets through the warlock, like casts her off, like tosses her aside. <laughs> and she goes like, you know, 50 feet and she lands in a river. And then she's getting out of it and it gets in her eyes and she's like, ah, oh, salt my water. Gosh. Oh my gosh, you oh, guys. Oh wait, salt water. Bogus, it's so salty. <laughs> and then she takes her syringes, fills them with salt water, stabs a warlock. He's She becomes, puts him down. She puts him down. She does, because apparently- That's her he Linda can, Hamilton moment. He can travel through space and time. Can't, doesn't like salty shit. He, as long as he drinks <laughs> fat boy, which would also eat have- the, Eat the Lay's potato chip, motherfucker, eat it! Well, I wonder if he could eat it. I, I have no idea. No, no, God, no. no salty. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those things? Well, no, but I mean, the fat kid would be salty too, and he drank the fat kid's fat. And okay, would, now you're just you know, now you're just mocking the movie. Okay? <laughs> well, exactly. At this point, you're being so pedantic and picky, and I don't even know what to do with you. But he uh, combusts from within, and yes. Uh, and yes, is, he does. and is somehow now the universe is saved. And because the the witch hunter's job is done, the witch hunter fades back into his own timeline, and then somehow maybe gets buried holding a third of the book like a dumbass, holding a third of the book like a dumbass, and. Uh, his gravestone changes to essentially say thank you, Lori Singer, or something like I'll always remember you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which that makes sense. If he if you know he went he through time and came You know back. what he blew? He should have pulled the Phil Hartman, walk around going, Oh, your modern times and your planes and phones frighten and confuse me. Also, tell me more about this modern day style of making love. What what do you people do these days? <laughs> well, I would not know. Uh, I'm just a simple pizza lawyer. I don't know what to do. Didn't uh, Demolition Man do that too? But in the future? Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Smart. I think maybe the three seashells were involved with that. Okay. So that okay. is our retrospective of Warlock. As you can see, we we love the movie and also, oh, oh, wait a minute. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Um, do you know that part where I told you that I don't have a list of facts? Oh, come on. Listen, it's not me. It was Julian Sands. No. Julian Sands evilly influenced me. No. Yes, he did. Was it boiling the fat of an unbaptized boy? I'm going to go ahead. I have one. Oh, I have come on. One. It's not, but technically, it's not a list. So I did not lie. Why, uh, why you got to be like this, FDO? Cassandra is originally so, supposed oh, to. Look, Cassandra. Cassandra is Lori Singer. Lori Singer. That's her, <laughs> that's her name. Lori Singer was originally supposed to look a lot older than she does. But like William Shatner during filming of Star Trek, the original series episode, The Deadly Years. Lori Singer had problems with makeup, not for reasons of ego. Shatner had a problem, apparently. He didn't want to look old, which he's laughing at everybody because now he is old, even though that was kind of the point. But because the intended appliances made her claustrophobic, so they had to be drastically toned down. So in short, she couldn't do Ron Perlman's job, which is sit in a chair for 10 hours to get makeup put on. She mm -hmm. couldn't handle that shit, so they had to scale it back. So imagine this. You go through all this trouble. You cast Lori Singer, who is who is a, a big property at the time, right? She's been a Footloose. She's a good name. She's going to put butts in the seats. It's sure. a good job. You're putting this movie together, ne some, and you never see it coming. You've Now you've got you've done primary footage with her. You've done a lot of footage. You've mapped things out, and maybe they don't even get to the old person scenes till three or four months into shooting because they shoot stuff out of order. And then she sits in the makeup chair, and they go to put the, the prosthetics on her, and at some point, she clearly wigs out. And imagine if you are the director and the staff, you're like, that has to happen. I bet it happens 20 or 30 times a day in a movie. The shit you cannot possibly see coming that no one could have predicted because no one thought about it. You don't know what you don't know. Then boom, all of a sudden, now they are stuck. Like you can't replace her. Right. You can't replace her. Movie's got to be done at a certain time. So I you mean, have to scale back the special yeah, effects. I think all that is, there's the possibility that that's true. Mm -hmm. But uh, I saw all the rest of the special effects of that movie, <laughs> and I'm not so sure. Like, it could also have been that they're like, okay, so we can't really afford latex, so I have these garbage bags, <laughs> and I'm going to use that and Elmer's glue. And we can't afford to take the harness off. We need to shoot all the scenes in the harness in one day. So yeah. we're going to have to redo And that. to be fair, I, uh, I'm being unfair. Obviously, I don't know. that, But I do. I did see the movie and some of the effects are not are not really Stan Winston caliber no, effects. No. But I will say like the sort of the opposite story of Kevin Bacon in uh, Friday the 13th. Okay. Uh, where he gets... Um, he gets... Cut throat. Cut throat. Yep. Yeah. That was... 
I guess, logistically super hard to do. And he was like, all right, well, I mean, just do it. I'll just lay here. And then they were like, no, we can't, we'll have to read whatever. And he was like, okay, cut a hole in the cot and I'll like kneel with my, le-. like he just made it work. He's uh-huh. like, all right, but we got to do it fast. And so, <laughs> but doing it fast meant that they built the prosthetic on him when he was kind of on his knees, leaned way back yeah. so that it looked like he was laying on the cot and uh-huh. he was down for that gunfight because he thought it would be really cool. Because Kevin fucking Bacon. But he wasn't then. I mean, he was Kevin Bacon, but you know, that's his first role. He was the chosen one. That's what I'm saying. And he was like, like, make it work. And that is such an iconic, iconic moment in Kevin Bacon's career. I'm not saying it's the most important thing that ever happened in Friday the 13th, right, but right. that's so important. So it's, it's an interesting comparison. It sets the tone. It clearly sets the tone. All right, I think, uh, AK, I think that does it for this episode. I think that does it for this episode. We hope that you guys have enjoyed episode 24 of Story Smack. You can find Scott and me online. Scott is at Scott Sigler on Twitter and Instagram, and his Facebook page is facebook.com slash Scott Sigler. I'm a real girl on Twitter and a.real.girl on Instagram. You can find us online at scottsigler.com slash storiesmack, and we would love to see your comments there. You can find us on iTunes, search for Scott Sigler Audiobooks, and subscribe. You'll get a free episode of an audiobook every Sunday. And what are you podcasting now? We are more than halfway through The Rider, which is a Galactic Football League novella. The Rider is about armored little people riding armored dinosaurs in an arena blood sport rife with corruption. Hmm. Yes. Are there any mullets? No, sadly. Well, but I, maybe sure. I'll go back and rewrite it. I don't know. I'm not sure that's bad. If they were there, they'd be ironic, which means... Uh, they wouldn't be as good as Warlock. And last last note about Warlock, we've pretty much been ripping on Warlock. Warlock was made almost 30 years ago. We sat down and watched it again. We have spent almost an hour talking about it. There's a DVD collection for all three so of them. So bad it's good. So bad it's good. So, so that, kudos to you guys. Yeah. That does it for episode 24 of Story Smack. Until next time, we will talk to you all real, real soon. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.